shows, if you like. That's what's standing out for me, is that the, we absolutely adore in this country the NHS, and quite rightly so. There's also an, a whole level behind that of people, particularly in, in local authorities and services like the police fire, who are working equally as hard and under similar pressures. It boils down to effective human relationships, and what's under pressure are those relationships. And I think it, particularly with us all working at home and remotely, seeing less of each other, spending time on platforms like this endlessly, is how, how do we get back to nurturing the relationships that enable leaders to thrive, um, and in particular the tricky relationships where there's less of a chance to tackle them face to face at the moment and tackle them gently. It's back. It's got to be back to self, isn't it? It's got to be back to what's under your control in that situation. How can you put yourself in a resilient state so that the opportunities that you do get, you're not rushed. You tackle them appropriately. You tackle them with uh, compassion, and, and you take the moments at your best. Yo, and welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast with me, Ryan Hartley. And thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to the interview sessions brought to you by our good friends at Web Creation. Head to webcreationgroup.com for stunning websites at sensible prices. Today, you have joined episode 81 with Claire Smale. There are some people in your life that you will meet that all of a sudden life was never the same again. I was very fortunate enough to um, train to be a coach through Claire and her company Inspired to Learn. And during a training session that, um, that Claire was running, I wrote the words always better than yesterday for the first time some three years ago. So life was infinitely different and the people and the experiences I've gone on to have I don't think would ever have happened without um, coming into contact and the influence and impact that, that Claire's had on my trajectory my journey so this has been an honor and privilege to have Claire come on the podcast it's been a, a joy to have a great conversation I really hope you enjoy um, the talk that we have for the next half an hour Claire is the the director and co-founder of a company here in the UK called Inspired to Learn alongside her husband they help train and develop new coaches leaders she's a published author with a book called Transform Your Goals with Vision I highly recommend it if you're interested in becoming a coach that you take Claire's details from the show notes and have a conversation and start your coaching journey. Also head over to Facebook, join the We Are Always Better Than Yesterday community to join like-minded people from all around the world who believe in developing themselves and others to simply be better than they were yesterday support love community connection accountability inspiration and motivation it is what we are all about if that's you come and join us but please do enjoy the next half an hour send through your questions to me um, make sure you go and connect with claire if coaching or training and development is something that you're thinking about much love
and welcome back to the Always Better Than Yesterday interview sessions with me, Ryan Hartley. And today I have a very special guest. I would not be a coach if it wasn't for this lady. So welcome, Claire Smale. How are you? Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. Good. It is great to have you on the show. It's a nice completing of the full loop, full circle. In in a couple of weeks' time, Always Better Than Yesterday will be three. And I remember the session that we had down near the train station in Trowbridge where you did a particular technique, the values hierarchy. And it was on that day that I wrote Always Better Than Yesterday for the very first time on the 30th of May, 2017. So this is a nice way of closing the loop and, and bringing you on, on the podcast. So I'm really looking forward to to sharing you and your experience and your heart for coaching. But first of all, please do me the honor and privilege of just giving yourself a, a bit of an introduction. Hi, yeah, of course. So uh, thank you for having me, Ryan. Yeah, so my name's Claire Smale. Um, I'm an executive coach and I also deliver coaching qualifications um, for people who want accreditation for their coaching services. And um, I just love supporting and helping people, whether that be coaching, training, conversations, doesn't matter. It's just great. People are great. Yeah, I love that. Um, tell us a little bit about your background. I, I know that you've come from a teaching background. Let us, let us into your story a little bit. Yeah, so my first uh, professional life was as a secondary school teacher. So my degree is geography. So I taught geography and PE as well, actually, for 13 years and absolutely loved it. Was, was completely committed to it, very much on um, pathway to headship. That's where I saw my career going. Mm -hmm. um, completely immersed in, in, in education and, and just loving spending time with young adults, actually. I just love being around teenagers and their energy. Mm. And um, I had a bit of a defining moment because in 2000, I slipped a disc in my lower back mountain biking and had to have six months off work, which I thought was going to be completely disastrous to my career. Uh, wasn't at all happy about the prospect of being at home for six months with um, two small children at that time in my life, mm. uh, thinking, you know, the world of education couldn't possibly survive without me. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's interesting because when I went back, something had shifted, something had changed. And, and at the time I had no idea what that was. I just knew that I was really quite unhappy. I was crying a lot at work. Um, you know, getting on with it, obviously, and, and, and fully 100% back, but something, something within me wasn't quite right. Uh, and it's only now with the experience that I've, I've got professionally as a coach that I realised that I went through a massive shift in my values in those six months. Mm -hmm. so, so that first period of time, I found it really hard to relax and switch off from work. Didn't, didn't particularly enjoy being at home with two small children full time. Mm -hmm. But by the end of that period, it was the opposite. You know, I completely had relaxed was really enjoying um, doing the school pickups and being a mum at home. Uh, and that shift in family values really compared mm. to career had taken place. Mm. Uh, and, and it took several months of being back at work and being really unhappy um, and some long conversations out on walks with the husband and the dog, uh, mulling it over and trying to get to the bottom of it. I, I just resigned. I just walked back into work one day and resigned. I knew it was no longer for me. I didn't know what I was going to do but I knew that I no longer wanted a life in education and, and headship in particular and the impact that I knew that would have on my family. Mm. Whereas before that hadn't bothered me at all. I was completely committed. Mm. So my whole, my whole value set changed. Is that what gave you the courage to, to make that decision? Yeah, totally. Totally. I had no idea what I was going to do, how I was going to uh, earn an income. Mm -hmm. um, but I just knew that 
um, my place in, in teaching in schools was no longer the right place. Mm. But interestingly, through everything I've done in my career since, I'm still that teacher at heart. You know, I, still, I still love delivering content. I still love inspiring people. I still love sharing a message, uh, being on my feet in front of mm. groups and speaking. It's, it's a core identity. It'll never go away. <laughs> I love that. What happens next? So what happened next was not a lot for three months. So I spent three months uh, lunching with friends and going for swims and, and doing very little actually. And then I suddenly had um, a bit of a brainwave about publishing a magazine back into schools. Um, in a magazine called Training Journal, I don't know if you've come across it, uh, which we were subscribing to as a business. So the first thing that I did when I left teaching was set up my current business now uh, with my husband. He was very busy, I wasn't. But what we were receiving in the post every month was this magazine called Training Journal, which is a beautiful, glossy coffee table magazine for coaches and trainers and facilitators and people development. And I thought, you know what, there's nothing like this for teachers. There's nothing like this in schools. I'm going to do something about that. I'm going to publish a magazine. Mm -hmm. How naive can you be? I hadn't a clue what I was doing. And I basically spent a year just telling people, I'm going to publish a magazine. How do I do it? Can you help me? Who can help me? Um, and the more people I talked to, some people were really quite rude uh, and told me that I hadn't a clue on what, what on earth did I think I was up to. And other people were just so generous in their spirit and said, how can I help? What advice do you need? Let me write articles for you. Um, and to cut a long story short, I did publish for three years. Um, I had contributors to that magazine who never charged a penny. Uh, to get their message out, who just wanted that platform to share what they were doing in education. And it was just the most inspirational experience. I met all sorts of people during that period of time who then launched me onto the next phase of my career. So I was introduced to coaching, which I'd never heard of before. I was introduced through the magazine and through the writers to NLP, which I'd never heard of before. And that got me curious about things, which I then went off. I reckon I've spent about £20,000 on training over the years, just learning and learning and learning about all these things that I'd never heard about as a teacher that I knew was so fundamental in people development. Mm. It's been amazing. You and I both like Tony Robbins, and I think yeah, Tony, Tony talks about knowledge isn't power. Knowledge is only potential power. And, and I guess you've created this business, you've talked about it. What's it called, and, and how do you... Uh, help people through your business so the business is inspired to learn so that was a name that took a while to come up with mm -hmm. uh, we spent a lot of time looking actually at our core values as a business what what is it that we really want to give uh, people out there in the world that what problems can we solve what can we help them with and that learning and inspiration were the two words that really stuck out for us as a values mm. hence the name of the business inspired to learn it's a bit cheesy but it does what it says on the like tin it. hopefully yeah good um, so we do various things. We obviously um, provide coaching. So I spend a lot of my time helping people make transformations in their life, whether that be at work or in their lives uh, in general through coaching conversations. Mm -hmm. um, we also deliver qualifications in management, leadership and coaching through the ILM and the CMI. Um, and more recently, I've trained and qualified as a supervisor of coaches. Mm -hmm. well so, you know, still learning, still still looking for new avenues and, and new things to keep, keep it alive and interesting and busy. Yeah. I think a great attribute of a leader, 
hence always better than yesterday is this sense of continual learning always learning more about themselves and others in the world so that we can have more of an impact what is important to you about learning curiosity Mm -hmm. you never know what it is you need or want to learn next until it pops up if you can stay curious about what's happening why things are happening um and in particular for me learning is about um that embodied experience so noticing within you what your embodied shifts are you know where that where there's internal comfort or discomfort where you're feeling um excited or worried where when there's a pit in your stomach what's that telling you about what you need to learn next or what shifts you need to make um what what are the things that you're congruent or uncongruent within your life what do you need to learn in able to get that congruence back and that authenticity back and that's professionally and personally you know so really pragmatically and practically the skills and techniques and tools as well as that the personal mindsets yeah it's it's interesting yeah, it's interesting you use the word congruence. I think there's a huge increase in this term authentic leadership. And my own personal opinion on that is that we're craving authentic leadership, not because it's a new thing, but because we've had many leaders at the moment that have assumed identities, that have assumed the position and, and we they lose a little bit of themselves. They they play the role of leader rather than being themselves as leader. And, and I think you know, in your book, Transform Your Goals with Vision, you talk about very first and foremost, this sense of values and identity. Mm. And I think, I think that's kind of congruence, the authenticity in terms of who you are. Talk to me about vision. Yeah, so vision came about from some research I did for my um, NLP Master Practitioner accreditation, where we had to um, find a topic that we were curious about. Um, and go off and and interview a whole bunch of people who are really good at something that we wanted to be better at. And visionary leadership was something that we all sort of talk about as this grand title, but don't really know what it means. Mm -hmm. So I I went off and found myself a bunch of leaders who I felt were truly visionary in what they were doing in their organisations and interviewed them and recorded those interviews. Um, I was looking for what they all do in common, because we're all individuals. There's all Mm -hmm. things around the edges that are personal to us. Is there something that they all do in common that they can teach, that we can teach, that I can teach? And the first one of those was um, values. You know, they were absolutely, without exception, crystal clear on what their core values were. They could articulate them, they could communicate them, they lived by them day day by day, they made decisions based on their values, Mm -hmm. whether or not that was popular. They were absolutely committed to doing the right things for the right reasons. Um, and actually, that was the most inspiring thing about them. Yeah. So V and Vision stands for values. Um, so it's an acronym for what, what visionary leaders do. Um, I is about identity. So that I am a leader. Simple as that. I am a leader. Mm-hmm. And, and that is my role. That's what I'm here to do. Um, and that really enables uh, true leaders, true strategic leaders to stop meddling, to stop managing, mm-hmm. um, to inspire, to, and it's all the cheesy words, isn't it? To inspire, <laughs> to motivate, to lead, to empower, um, and not to micromanage. You've got great teams around you to do that. Enable them, facilitate them, inspire them to, to be those types of teams. Um, so vision, identity. The S stands for the story. So just like me, I've got a backstory. You've got a backstory, Ryan, which is equally as inspirational. So what are the stories of our lives that bring us to the leaders that we are? You know, how do they inform our values? How do they 
give us the courage of our convictions to do what we do. Mm -hmm. And how do we communicate those stories? How do we put them out there to inspire other people? And say, you can do this. I did it. You can do it. Mm -hmm. um, and then options. Um, so in the vision book, we've then got um, ideas, imagination, inspiration. That's the I. Then narrowing that down to practical options. So we're starting to get more into the management side of, of being visionary. Mm -hmm. into the practicalities of narrowing down the ideas into options and then n is for next steps you should, you've got to start it it's no good being full of all this amazing hot air do something with it i love that thank you for sharing that what do you think um i think it's an interesting time for the coaching industry we, we've had many conversations about um the new and emerging coach on instagram type culture and and um in the same way that I don't, yes, everybody can be a leader. Everyone can be a coach. I think I, I add a cautionary to it because I, I don't think everybody should choose to be. I think it's, it, it, it requires a, a commitment and a dedication to the craft. Um, what do you think makes a good coach? First and foremost, it's got to be about regarding presence. So if we strip it right back, being a coach is about being in the room with another human being, first and foremost. You know, I'm here as a human being. You're another human being just like me. I don't know. I'm the coach. I don't know first. I don't know better. But what I've got is a set of skills and a craft that I can help you to know for yourself what's first, what's better. Mm. And, and let's work on that together from a place of, of wisdom and compassion, but not from a place of having the answers or knowing. Where do you think the industry's going? It's going bonkers. That's where it's going. <laughs> <laughs> it's exploding. It's madness in a good way, in absolutely in a good way. Um, but in a way where I'd um, put some caution out there, really. So the market for coaching is flooded. Mm -hmm. so there's a huge number of people out there who want to coach, who do coach. There's hundreds of different niches in which coaches are placing themselves mm -hmm. um and there's a bit of a sense of oh i can leave work do a quick bit of training set myself up as a coach leave the millionaire lifestyle working from home with my laptop <laughs> i think the reality of that is very different um it does require time and effort to hone the craft and the skills of being a really good coach um and networking is absolutely vital the more time you spend with the best best coaches that are out there um, the more you will become that person and really live it and breathe it. it it's not just a set of tools and techniques. Mm. I mean, they're great. They, they do a job. There's no doubt about that. But the best coaches are, are actually living it at that identity level and purpose level. What does being a coach mean to you? It means to me the ability to hold a bit of time and space for somebody that they otherwise wouldn't have. You know, we all, all lead busy lives. We're all under all sorts of different pressures. No one's busier than anybody else. But to be able to spend some time with somebody, whether that's online or face-to-face, -face, and, and hold in my hands for them a, a chunk of time they wouldn't always otherwise get, to think in a way that they wouldn't otherwise think, and to notice new things, you know, to start creating those new thoughts, those new pathways, that's all it takes it's like a trigger it's like a catalyst that, that once the light bulb moments go there's no stopping them then and that's what's frustrating as a coach you know I, i've spent time with you ryan over the last few years 
you know, from that initial meeting that you described a few years ago, I'm really lucky because I've seen the outcome of that over a long, long period of time. But for the vast majority of people I work with, I don't see the long-term impact. It's trusting that that short-term conversation and watching people's face light up and the energy that appears, trusting that that's going to continue um, because you've started something in a coaching conversation that has to be followed through. It's intrinsically now motivating for somebody. And I think herein lies the link to education. You know, you, you'll have taught many people that have gone on to be successful adults that you might not know even their stories. No, and I have, I've had one person, a lovely guy called Craig Hume, I'm going to name him on air, <laughs> who contacted me about five years ago. He works now in a, in a car dealership in uh, Birmingham. And he just contacted, found my email on the internet and just said, hi, I'm Craig. Do you remember me? You taught me 20 years ago. And I just wanted to say what a difference you made to my life oh, that. at that time. And it was, yeah, I've kept that email. Absolutely kept that email. What did that email mean to you? It means everything because you, you don't get to hear from the vast mm. majority of people the difference that you've made. And we're all human, aren't we? Mm. We all need to hear that sometimes. At this point, I'm just going to encourage our listeners and our watchers to take a moment to think about one person that's positively impacted them and their life yeah. and go and message them. Go and give the gift of that message to that one person in your life today. So that's my call to action for our watchers and our listeners. But back to you, Claire. Um, you talk a lot about helping leaders with change and resilience. And I love helping you know, new and developing leaders, first and foremost, lead themselves. How do you help people lead themselves? It's all about mindset. It has to be. Yeah, there has to be um, a basic understanding, I think, of neuroscience, actually, and how our brains work and how that limbic system, that emotional brain that we all carry around with us, can be our best friend and how it can also sabotage us to be at our best. And, and that understanding that actually you've probably got more control over your thinking and over your state um, than you realize you have. There are some practical tools and techniques for that, but you can live and breathe it every day. You can live and breathe a, a mental attitude every day, which will put you at your best. And it won't stop the bad things and the difficulties from coming along, but it will um, definitely, definitely shift how you address them. Uh, and what, what you take control over and what action you can then put in place. Mm. It's always about what is under your control in this situation and how can you be at your best? Do you have a inner coach? I have how, an inner coach. How do you develop that? I think it's practice. I think, it, I think it's, um, you, you've got to be able to recognize uh, when that little devil comes and sits on your shoulder. Mm -hmm. You know, we all suffer from it. We're all human. We all have the, the bad days, as, as Andy Cope calls them, the, the hippopotamus days, the duvet days, when we're sort of wallowing in our own misery and, in, mm -hmm. and inadequacies. Mm -hmm. But it's that ability to bounce back, isn't it? It's that ability to recognise that that's what's happening. Uh, acceptance that actually sometimes that is okay. It's not, it's not about uh, skipping through the daisies and singing Edelweiss every day. It's okay to be human. And, and have those moments, but how do we bounce back from them? Um, what do we do to, to manage ourselves and to nurture ourselves and to show appreciation for ourselves? Now you've mentioned appreciation for others, but how can we appreciate ourselves? And 
I don't know what other people do, but I go out on my bike. If I go out and ride my bike, no, no matter what mood I'm in, that, that physical shift in energy for me creates, always, always creates a mental shift. Just gives me the chance to let go. Mm. And I always come back feeling better. So recognizing what, it, what, what does that for you? You know, is it a walk? Is it a book? Is it a piece of music? Is it a cup of tea and sitting in the garden for five minutes? But regaining that sense of actually I'm okay. Mm. And, and what will put me back at my best? Yeah. You'll be engaging with a number of, of leaders during these current times, funny times. What are you, you learning? What, what's standing out of interest to you right now? So yeah, I am, I am working with a few leaders at the moment and particularly um, some sort of hidden heroes, if you like. That's what's standing out for me is that the, we absolutely adore in this country, the NHS, and quite rightly so. But um, there's also an, a whole level behind that of people, particularly in, in local authorities and services like the police fire, um, who are working equally as hard and under similar pressures. Mm -hmm. And those are the sorts of leaders that I've reached out to say uh, how can i help how can i support you what sorts of conversations can we have and the message that's coming back all the time is about relationships mm. um, it, it boils down to effective human relationships and what's under pressure are those relationships and i think it, particularly with us all working at home and remotely seeing less of each other spending time on platforms like this endlessly is how how do we get back to nurturing the relationships that enable leaders to thrive um, and in particular, the tricky relationships where there's less of a chance to tackle them face to face at the moment and tackle them gently. It's, they're somehow bigger for people at the moment. So where, where you've got difficult team members, where you've got difficult um, line managers, the, the opportunities for working at those tricky relationships are really quite restricted. And that's what leaders are, are generally bringing to those conversations with me. It's very interesting. Yeah. Where do we start with that, that, that trickiness? It's, back, it's got to be back to self, isn't it? It's got to be back to what's under your control in that situation and, and back to self. How can you put yourself in a resilient state so that the opportunities that you do get, you're not rushed, you tackle them appropriately, you tackle them with uh, compassion um, and, and you take the moments at your best because the moments are limited. Mm. What does the phrase always better than yesterday mean to you? Do you know what? I was thinking about that before this call. It, it means a couple of things, really. The first thing that came to my mind is that tomorrow isn't always better than yesterday. You know, we're, we're always hit with things day in, day out that, that throw us off kilter, aren't we? You know, the, you were talking today about your uh, IT letting you down this morning <laughs> and the frustrations of that, you know. So these things are popping up in our lives all the time. But, but we can always be better than yesterday. That's what it means for me that we can always be better. What is the opportunity for us to flourish, to grow, to be the best of ourselves compared to yesterday? And no matter what is going on around us, what, what the madness is or, or what the opportunities are that are, are just appearing, we can always do something with those. Yeah. How can people connect with you? So you can get hold of me uh, all the normal ways, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. At Claire Smale, at the business is inspired to learn.co.uk. And yeah, I'd love to hear from you. You recently launched a, a new um, 
a new training program for coaches. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so like everyone else, I guess we've gone online at the moment, which I've always really dug my heels in about. I've always had back to values again, this really strong core value that for coaching um, to be to be delivered as a skill effectively, there needs to be that face-to-face -face practice and contact and feedback. Mm -hmm. Of course, we can't do that at the moment. So my challenge is how can I recreate that environment online through a platform like we're on now through Zoom? So we've got a series of webinars called Learn to Coach, um, a couple of weeks and masterclasses interspersed around that as well to, to focus on very specific coaching skills. And they're open to everybody. Again, you can find those through the website and social mm -hmm. media platforms at inspiretolearn.co.uk. Mm -hmm. um, and the idea of those, actually, it's not a replacement for the face-to-face -face contact, but it was back to that question, how can I make this better than yesterday, given the fact that we're all online now? Mm -hmm. um, what's comfortable for me? What sits with my core values that I can take online mm -hmm. and give people the absolute best opportunity I can as learners? Yeah, I think that's my, what I'm working on. I think my message to you a few months ago is that people people are doing this anyway, Claire. People are out there doing it in a way that isn't in line with your values. So I would much <laughs> rather have people like you in this space with the right integrity and the right values <laughs> to doing it and, and, and doing it your way, which is really good to see you do. And um, just for clarity, is it a because there's there's two things that I understand. There's the there's the leader as coach, which, you know, the coaching skills, as well as being a a qualified and accredited coach who who should come and learn to coach with you who, who are you really looking for so leader as coach um that really runs through our management and leadership side of the business mm -hmm. so that might be short workshops that we can come in and deliver or it might be part of a bigger management and leadership qualification as a unit of uh, study in a recognized qualification um in terms of uh, the coaching skills per se anybody mm -hmm. You know, anybody can learn to coach. It doesn't matter if your focus is on life coaching, coaching at work, executive coaching. So I work with people who are already established coaches who are seeking like me to continually learn right mm. through to people with the beginner's mindset and the curiosity about coaching. Mm. Um, and so it's open to all. It ge it's genuinely open to all. And that's why I've split it into the learn to coach and the master classes. So there are different pathways for different people. Yeah, absolutely. I, like you, Claire, are passionate about coaching. The best thing and the thing I'm most passionate about that I love about coaching is seeing people go on to do things that they might not otherwise have done, if not mm -hmm. having that conversation. So to my watchers, to my listeners, if you are curious about coaching, please do contact Claire. Um, I'm sure her and her I2L team, Inspired to Learn, will sort you out and enable you to make a great impact in the world through your coaching skills. Claire, I just yeah. want to take the time and say thank you for, for joining me. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Um, and I would just love to hear a final thought from your good self. So first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, and secondly, go out there and carry on with all the amazing work that you're doing. You know, the difference that you're making to people is genuine, it's authentic, it's real, and, and it's awesome. Keep doing it. That's very kind of you. Enough about me. I want to hear your final thought for our viewers and our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so my final thought is be at your best. That, that's, that's your responsibility in the world. Nothing more, nothing less. Just turn up each day and be at your best. And, and you will attract back into your life the things that you deserve. I love that. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ryan. There we go. What an awesome conversation. Um, I wonder what stood out most for you. What of that conversation 
really resonated with you. I I really enjoyed um, Claire's take on developing your inner coach and also for leaders to be better at leading themselves. And when they do that, they get the best out of themselves. And in doing so, they get the best out of others. It always starts with us, our mindset, focusing on what we can control um, and getting ourselves in the best state possible. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for taking the time out of your day. Thank you for making it this far through the podcast. You are in an elite club of the podcast finishers. Please do share it with one person in your network who you feel needs to hear this interview session plus the 80 previous episodes. And I appreciate you. Much love.